So we have Jimmy McGovern and Gillian Dukes, who are the writers of Care. And we're going to be joined by Sheridan Smith and Sinead Keegan, who play the sisters Jenny and Claire, and by David Blair, the director. It's, um, although a lot of the publicity is said uh, based on true story, etc., this is a fictional account. Well, it's an experience that I've had. But yes, I wanted to write a fictional account because I wanted to concentrate on um, women because women make up 70% of the dementia carers, the informal dementia carers in this country. And 20% of those um, go from full-time to part-time work in order to do it. And we've got to do something about it. It, it just can't go on because we're not, we're not treating dementia with the dignity it deserves, really. It's an illness. It's an illness like cancer's an illness. And people are suffering. They're not getting the right care. We wouldn't leave a toddler in a home in the home all day on their own. We'd be prosecuted for it. But that is what's happening to people in the community. And we need more nursing homes. And it's not the fault of the NHS because 24% of their beds are taken by people with dementia over the age of 65. And it, it can't carry on. And Jimmy, we don't, uh, have, I haven't seen the script, but um, I think everyone who's seen as much as we've seen so far will wonder. So Alison Stoneman is the mother, Mary, her, her lines, because you use this false subtitling um, technique, which I've never seen before. So on the, on this, um, on the page, Mary is given those lines. Uh, I mean, they're written in that, uh, I don't know what we'd call it, but it's, uh, it's not gobbledygoopers, it's more... Yes. Sophisticated than that. Yes. We hear what she says and we see what she means to mm. say. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, I tried it out really and it just sort of stayed in. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, David. I, yeah, yeah, I just felt we'd, we'd miss a lot if we didn't mm. quite grasp it. But it was important to decide the moments to reveal it though. Mm. So it wasn't just when she spoke we revealed it. it, it mm. You know, particularly when she talks about her grandmother sending her grandmother, mm. you know, making that as late as possible so that everybody's kind of shares that kind of bewilderment. And then you finally get it and you think, oh God, you know. Mm. But it was quite interesting working with Alison with that because we had to try and find an intonation that belonged in the original while she was saying some, something completely different. Mm. You know, but there's no obvious intonation. But also, Gillian, um, which I assume, uh, well, I, I know from a case of my family that this is what happens, um, sometimes it gets very close to sense. You start being able yes, to understand. Yes, you do start to slip into it. Mm. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help many people, though. I mean, there's... Mm. Um, and uh, Sheridan and Sinead, uh, you, I've spoken to you both on this stage on various occasions. I mean, you do, um, Sheridan does musical comedies in between, but you're doing pretty dark stuff at the moment, uh, you too, because you, you did Little Boy Blue and Married to a Pedophile. And you... Bit your real life. Yeah. Um, Sheridan did uh, The Boar Side. Um, and... Oh, well, Mrs. Biggs wasn't a barrel of laughs either, was it? So, um, uh, so, I mean, I'm not an actor. Lots of people in the audience are. But that thing, people always wonder about this. Um, on a set where you're playing that kind of intense emotional material, do you have to... 
be wildly exuberant between takes and tell jokes and that kind of thing. I mean, how do you stop it becoming oppressive? The short answer is, I don't know. And uh, I think, I don't, I don't know if you feel the same, Sheridan, but when you, when you are lucky enough to work on a script like this, or, you know, Love or Hate, or whatever, or, 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 where it's very um, challenging and an awful lot of emotional stuff, I think every actor takes it differently and, and does their own thing. And I remember seeing an interview once with Paul Bettany, and he was paraphrasing some other actor that asked about acting and their process, for want of a better word. Um, he said, it's like sex, acting's like sex. Nice to do, but embarrassing to talk about. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, you, if, you, if you are, I, myself, if I'm doing like heavy scenes, you know, you, you see it on schedule and go, Jesus, right, okay, this is going to be, you know, fun day. Um, you kind of keep yourself to yourself and you don't actually, you're not exuberant. Well, I'm not, sorry. Yes. I'm, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you're not right. bouncing around the place mm. in between takes or else you're kind of taking yourself mm. out of it because you kind of keep yourself in kind of a holding pattern of a particular emotion all day until it's done and then, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm sorry. It does. And by the way, Sinead is incredible at that. She is, you know, you didn't get to see where Sinead absolutely, I mean... Well, we hope, we, we hope we're going to. Oh, my yeah. goodness, yeah. She is in incredible at that and staying in the zone. So acting opposite her mm. is a dream because it's just, like, you just get lost in it. Mm. And obviously, Jimmy and Gillian's writing, straight away on the page it comes alive and the fact it's such a real thing, you know, and I, it must be, in my mind, the cruelest disease there is, you know. I can only go off, you know, caring for a parent and trying to put my... Um, experiences into it, but it, it doesn't really come close to how I imagine that must feel. But yeah, no, you don't, you, don't, you kind of don't tell jokes, and especially when it's such an important subject matter, and Gillian's mm. been through it, and so many mm. people have been through it, you, we're really trying to stay in it when we're in those moments, really. Um, but Alison, brilliant, and Sinead, honestly, it was, it was the people I worked with, and, and David, as a director, was incredible at that, keeping us, you know, kind of in the zone and stuff, so it was a pretty emotional one, wasn't it, this one? And all this, the work I was just talking about, this very dark stuff, you've done Little Boy Blue and Moorside, um, which we showed in this same cinema, uh, cinema, the people would be, the audience would be crying throughout. Um, do you have to, are actors allowed to do that? Do you, do you have to get that out, out of the way at the read-through? <laughs> the crying at the material, because it is so emotional. <laughs> Um, I think to read through, you read through the horrible. It, no, it's, it's until yeah. you're in the situation, I think, yeah. that the real emotion that yeah. feels, you know, read throughs are great, but it's, it, we're just reading it through, aren't we? It never really, I mean, it is, it's always with Jimmy and, you know, and Gillian's script it is brilliant writing, but I guess, yeah, if we all start snotting at the table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't want to peek too soon. Yeah. You don't want to peek at the read through. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the scene, you've got to distinguish between the emotion you're character is showing at that time and any emotion you might feel. So you can only show as much as they're supposed to be showing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of a nightmare for that, aren't I? I think you, <laughs> you get saying, bring the tears back. Because <laughs> once I've gone, I'm kind of past well, that. I think you've, brink, I think you've you know? always got to earn that. I've seen right. a lot of things You're ruined right. by, you know, seeing Too very much. early on a scene mm. that's, uh, you know, so much going on. And 
And you do ask yourself when you see it, now this is interesting, where is this going to go? Where can she go at the end? Where can he go at the end? He's gone already. So it's about selecting the right moments, I think, where, where you suddenly let it flow and, and, and you've earned that right. And, the, and it belongs in the story rather than doing it every 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 time. You know, and we, we talked about about we that did. a lot. You know that 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 um, you know if you cry here, are you going to cry in the next one? Are you going to cry when she comes in? Are you going to cry when you see her with the police? Yeah. So so you you have to look at uh, a whole variety of emotions yeah. uh, there that, that that don't necessarily involve that. And then hopefully, when the tears appear, uh, the 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 memory is resonant. And for. So, so David told me, told me as well, you know, it is, and it's so true to see someone trying not to cry. There's so much more. Mm. Oh, I was going to set me up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm a nightmare, by the way, because I just cry at everything. Um, but yeah, it, it's more upsetting to see someone fighting those, and because you've got to be strong in those things. Fighting is mm. more interesting. Mm. Yeah, than actually just, mm. you know, letting them fall. So, yeah. And for Jimmy, Julian, and um, David, uh, Jimmy's done various masterclasses on writing, but. One of the things you, do, which across your work you've done, but um, I've noticed it again tonight, is starting the scene in a place we don't expect it to, or starting a scene in a place and then getting somewhere we don't. So we, I mean, I, you don't expect um, a drama about dementia to begin with an action sequence, a car crash, which it does, and then again, which is where the um, it went out of sync exactly during Doa Dia, didn't it? But yes. again, that appears to be a, a happy scene and then has that ending. And again, the drinks in the pub where yeah. um, she appears to have been given one of her rare moments on screen of um, happiness recently, <laughs> Sheridan. And then it, um, and then it goes, um, yeah. as Jimmy always does, it goes horribly wrong. Um, but that is, um, that's a good dramatic technique, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I kind of hold back from writing scene 12 until I know what scene 13 is. I think that's a, it's, a handy, it's a handy thing to have it. I, I won't write scene 12 until I definitely know for sure what's in scene 13. And it, I don't know, it just helps me and it keeps, keeps it moving, I think, you know. It really does keep it moving. But interestingly, the start, the, the original script was a piece of theatre, a lovely mm. piece of theatre. And she was standing at the window naked, wasn't she? Yeah. Which is lovely theatre, but it, um, it's not TV, film. is it, you know? <laughs> No. I never saw that version, by the way. I don't But David, just talk about that, because again, it doesn't... I mean, we've seen them. There have been dramas on the same subject that began with um, someone being found slumped on the, uh, in the kitchen or even with the brain scan and the doctor saying... But this, it, it consciously, this starts in an action an action play. Yeah, and the, the, before that, you know, I wanted to see her at yeah. one with the kids because mm. it was important that, that throughout the film we remember what she was like, mm. the person mm. she was. And, and I, we added a little bit at the start, coming out in the house and, the, and that sort of conviviality. And I think, um, I think that, again, it's, it's part of the process of earning things, I think. You know, that if you're going to take the audience, um, you know, to somewhere dark, I think you have to bear in mind along the way that there has to be a bit of lightness of touch on occasions, you know? Um, and that, 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 that's what kind of motivates a lot of that. We've, do, we've done it, uh, I mean, a lot. I mean, I remember actually in the middle of a kid dying in the, in the lakes, um, a guy goes into the fridge and there's a dead sheep in it. And, and you know, and it's, it's, it's brilliant for the audience because it's, whoa, what's, what's that? And then you, you just... The great thing, I think, is if, you, if, you, if you're uncertain about whether to laugh or cry, Mm. I mean, that's a great place to put somebody, I think. 
Do you ever have to think, Miss, you've done a lot of high, highly emotional drama, Jimmy, do you, um, and a lot of it with David, do you ever have to think how much the audience can bear of this? No, not really, as long as the story keeps moving and it emanates from the characters, mm. you know, and as long as the, 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 the characters can drive the story and keep it moving, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm. I don't know. That, I don't think there's enough emotion in, in, mm. in lots of stuff. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Act, actors must prefer but, emotion. But there is, uh, mm. you know, we, we have a running gag. I mean, Jimmy has people hugging at the end of every film, which I... Do you know what I mean? Women. They're always hugging at the end, and you actually sort of examine, you know, how more powerful that might be mm. if that doesn't happen. And when we did uh, Common, um, you know, the, the two women embrace at the end, and he said, so what's the problem with that? I said, there's no problem with it. He said, but are you going to do it then? I said, yeah, I'm going to do it, because it works, it's right, you know. But, it's, but sometimes... So I, this I is think the cliffhanger for when the, it comes back on, will the sisters hug at the end? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good, yeah. Well, we, we, we did, but, uh, but, it, but, it is, but it is interesting looking for... for the separation have been more powerful on occasions. Uh, you know, with the, the one we did certainly with Olivia and Coleman and, and Anne-Marie Duff at the end of that, uh, that was essential that they stayed apart. Mm. But, but, but there is a little flickers twice where they might get together. Yeah. And that, that, that was something for the future, something, you know, beyond the film. But, um, it's, it's, but you know, we, I, well, I'm not a Nazi about it. I mean, we talked about, you know, talked to the actors about what they felt, where they would go with this. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, one of them spontaneously thought they should hug, and the other thought they shouldn't. Um, but we, let's see where it goes when we shoot it. Mm. And I did it all in one one take anyway. So it, 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 you know, we got what we got, and it felt spontaneous and real. And Sharon and Sinead, you're playing sisters. So um, I mean, look, characters tend to have backstory, but sisters particularly, there tends to be a lot of backstory. And you get hints in the script, um, Julian and Jimmy, very early that when. Um, your character, Jenny, she says, um, don't piss them off, and we get a sense of what she thinks of her <laughs> sister. But um, did you... Uh, you have to think about that, just uh, what has happened between them in the past. Yeah, we, we didn't discuss it too much ourselves, did we? No, I think there's all the kind of storyline that... Um, like when he says, what, you know, why don't you have kids? And mm. I kind of go, I don't know, I don't... Mm. I guess there's one kind of friction, but like yeah. Well, she's, I think because Claire's moved away, yeah. So she's she and and Jenny is the one who does the lion's share of all the care and all the work, which I think is an awful lot of people can can empathise with because whoever more often than not people move away from their families. There might be some left, and it's those people who end up being the carers. And I think I was very. I don't. I don't know about you, did, but personally, because I, I live away, <laughs> probably you know, protecting my own ass. Um, you know, I was keen not to portray Claire as the villain of the piece. As, you know, it doesn't just because she lives away from home doesn't necessarily mean she loves her mother any less. She just doesn't have the ability that that Jenny has of of being hands on and caring and warm. Whereas, so the way she advocates for her mother is when she comes back, she is like the bull yeah. going, no, we need to fix this, we need to sort it. Um, whereas Jenny is much more loving and has this big <laughs> But I think when, when we were meeting, uh, when I was meeting actors before we shot it, I mean, not obviously good actors, and, um, you know... Yeah, But it was interesting, almost all of them had a personal experience about yeah. this, and almost all of them said there was some kind of sibling 
rivalry involved in the caring. You know, I, mean, I talked yes. to this about you, Gillian. You know that, that there's, and it's not about. I said this to Jimmy. You know that the, the uncaring is 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 not unloving. It's it's a different way of dealing with it. You know, and and it was very evident. I mean, anybody, that, and it was a lot of people that had relatives, aunties, uncles, or whatever. But they were all saying that there was always a sister who did more. There was always a brother who did more. There was always, you know, and um, you know, in a case. And all that can't you have it today, or can't you have it? I mean, that goes on all yeah, the time. And yeah, yeah, and I mean, my my mother-in-law just died, and she was in the same position. And you know, my wife did it all, and my her brother phoned in and asked how things were. Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't mean he hates her. It doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's just I'm probably like him, to be honest. You know, I, whereas my brother was very keen to sort things and do this and do that. And I'm sort of thinking, well, if you, as long as you're doing that, then that's fine, thanks. Um, <laughs> just, you know, but, it's, it's, but it, doesn't, it doesn't, it's just certain things that you have. And in, and in this case, Jenny, of course, uh, the mother was, was incredibly a part of her life, you know, with looking after the kids since the separation and so on. So there were, there were lots of other needs beyond just the, the normal family needs, you know. But Gillian, that's the point you made at the beginning, that if it's two brothers, then it can be an argument between them. But in virtually, I don't know if people in the room, but in every case I know where there are boys and girls, it's the it's girls, girls who do it, yeah. always. Yes, and in my situation, I was the baddie that lived away. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I did a lot of other things because you can also see it as a distance because when you're the one caring every day, you can't, you can't think for yourself by the end of it. So you need some perspective on it. You need to work, work as a team, really. And Jimmy, we've talked in the past on the stage, Play for Today, which um, older people will remember, which went a long time ago, but you're, you're smuggling them in still to the... Um, BBC One schedule, aren't you? Yeah, because they all, I mean, there's a central issue. I mean, you could easily imagine this. You could easily imagine Reg going out and play for today. But then there are other little issues, which to anyone who has any experience, which will be most people in the room, um, hospital parking, uh, hospital waiting times. Yeah. So you, you get all those little political, not party political, but political points in. I know. It, it's an experience I've been through with <laughs> my uh, brother who died after a stroke. And uh, the car parking really annoyed me. Mm. You know, you, it, it's so expensive. Mm. And you, you're going every day. It's, mm. it's huge. It's, uh, no, no, that's, so that's one of the um, issues. So we're, um, we've got some microphones out there. I'm waiting for instructions, whether, but I assume we're going to take some questions. So um, we'll open it up to you now, the audience. Um, yes, there's a hand there. So a microphone is coming across. And then if someone on that side wants to wave, then we'll take as many as we... We can, but uh, yes. I just wanted to say thank you for a really powerful piece. Thank you to all of you. It's incredible. I'm uh, very, very kind of deeply emotional. I'm so sorry that it ended in a weird way. And I don't think it has affected us because we're all totally affected by where, where, where we left it. Um, but I just wanted, David implied that you didn't write it for those actresses. There were three towering performances in that piece. Is that really true, Jimmy, that you didn't write it with those actresses in mind? No, it's not true. He was being sarcastic. Oh, no, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't sit here and say that it was shit. <laughs> I mean, yes, you would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> 
afterwards, maybe. After you know, but, the bar. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. With Sheridan, yeah. The joke was um, <laughs> that when he was uh, talking about it with the good actors rather than the ones he ended up with. But yes. I don't think he, I don't think he no, actually no, I, I, I wouldn't say that really in public. <laughs> I, I actually didn't even mean interviewing actors for any of these <laughs> parts. I meant just generally when you're meeting people. <laughs> you, I, I don't know, I don't know. Backtrack like this. But on that other one, so, so Jimmy and Gillian, was it, um, did you have these actors in mind? Uh, well, I can't tell tales out of school, but we certainly had one of these two. But you hope for the best, and in this case, we got the best. Got so, you know, that's, you know, it's, it happens sometimes. And when you, were, when you were writing the Mary part, you must have thought, which um, writers sometimes, uh, often have to think, um, this is great, but can we find anyone who can actually do this? I mean, that must have been... An issue. It's what part? Mary, Mary, the Alice in Yeah. I mean, you must have thought that because you thought this is a great subject, great role, but to yeah. find someone who can technically do it is difficult. Yes, pity the actress. Mm. Yeah. But look what it's also, sorry, it's also something that when I first met Alison, because it's very easy to go over the top on this kind of mm. that kind of thing, you know. So here's the script and here's the Oscar with it, with mm. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, so I tried to delicately explain. Uh, to Alison, what we're looking for. And after about 10 minutes, she said, do you mean just don't overact? I said, that's basically it, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, because it is dead easy to think I need to, I need to do everything to show that I can do this, when I'm very often have the best moments are just dead eyes. Well, I, I was going to say, that terrifying blank stare of not yeah. recognising. Yeah. 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 She's got great eyes. Yeah, mm. wow. Um, yes, over there. Is anyone... Go on, don't be shy. No. Um, <laughs> did you, was there something? No. Go on, yes. <laughs> You've got a hand raised there. Uh, thank you, I, I really enjoyed it. I could say so many things about it. I could go on for an hour about what I liked about it. But one thing that confused me a little, um, my mother uh, had a stroke and I've got, I could tell you a million stories about her at home. But you, in this case, you're mixing a stroke with dementia. And that left oh, me... No, that, vascular, that, vascular dementia, presumably. You can but, have yeah. stroke-induced dementia. Yeah. It, my point was it left me a little bit confused about the condition. Was I watching someone suffering from a stroke, more a stroke or more dementia? And I'm just thinking, is, is there a reason? Maybe it doesn't matter, I don't know. The, but the stroke can cause the dementia, so you can go overnight into full-blown dementia. You know, people with dementia gradually um, get worse and worse, but if you have a stroke and it um, wipes out a certain bit of the brain, then the next day you are demented, severely demented. So the stroke is causing, or a major... The well, I, I think, I'm not yeah. a doctor, although one of my children is, but there's vascular dementia, isn't there, which yeah. often presents as a series of small strokes, which take away a little bit of the brain each time. But there is mm. a version, which that's the most extreme version. That's right. Where it's a catastrophic vascular event, which yes. you, in effect, go into full-blown dementia, which is what this is, yeah. Yes, it can wipe out, well... In my case, it wiped out a third of the left-hand side of my mum's brain. Mm. And she then continued to have mini-strokes, like mm. you're saying, mm. um, as you know, time went by. I'll just ask the second one as well. Um, 
it seemed like that the builder was the um, the respite care, if you like. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm curious to find out. But um, what's the situation with respite care for for people who are looking after people at home? Because we hear that it exists. I don't know if that's dealt with in the remainder of the film or whether that's something you know about. Go on, Sharon. Do you get your builder? No, no, we watch at the end. Yeah, we do. Don't give it away. Spoilers. We will be able to finish actually the film. Yes. Okay, great. But he. How much more should we do? If you go to about ten past eight. Okay, great. He, so he's not an official respite carer, is he? There are such things, but he's not one. He's just a kind man, we think. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, he's just the guy that's yeah. actually been commissioned by the council to come in and do that work. Mm. He's not actually mm. a carer. So. No, but there is a thing, which I think the question is about. Um, there is, there's supposed to be, I imagine it's gone the way of the cuts, but there is supposed to be an option for respite care for people who look after, who are full-time carers. I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't know if anyone in the no, audience sorry. knows about that, but it was supposed to be a facility, but I think it's gone the way of the cuffs. Um, yeah, if it was promised, it's probably not. Yeah, yeah I think well, maybe yeah. you have As to have collapse <laughs> before it happens. Yeah, I know. As have so many. Um, yes, there was a question in the... There you are. Yeah, uh, yeah um, just carrying on from this gentleman over here, um, I particularly like the fact that you didn't know because... Um, it was from your point of view, and I've been a carer for over 25 years, and there's tons of shit I don't know still. Never explained to you. You're treated a certain way, and um, I found it was quite real. I, I really it resonated with me. I understood it totally. Um, and there's so many times when you're just not told. You just dished out information, and off you go, and you're supposed to get on with it. Um, but. Coming back to the writing side, I'm really curious how you both work together. I, I get in the feeling it came from a theatre idea, from what Jimmy said, but I'd really like to understand from a writer's perspective um, how the story became uh, a joint project. Well, it started off as a, as a proposal <coughs> for an episode of Moving On, which is the afternoon TV drama series we do, and we give lots of up-and-coming writers, first-time writers, loads of opportunities you know, it's something you should aim for if you're aspiring writers, an episode of Moving On. And, uh, but it was too big and meaty. It was too big and meaty for a daytime thing. So I, I persuaded Gillian to have a go at making it into a film. And we took it from there, really. Yeah. But it had come from, it, it came from your stage play. Yes. Originally, yeah. yeah. Um, and we, and we, we, we cut characters out, interestingly enough. <laughs> we, we did, didn't we? Uh, yeah. I mean, we took stuff out. You know, there's, there's this myth about theatre, you know. Mark sees lots of it, I know. Mm. But, uh, God, I wouldn't like to do that. <laughs> but but, but there's, there's, this, there's this myth about theatre that it's more character-based, etc. But in my experience, it isn't. It's TV drama's more character-based. And we, we took characters out, didn't we? Mm, yeah, and, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, two hands raised there. Oh, Mark. Oh, yeah. Hi, it's for Sheridan. Um, I just wondered if you could talk a bit about the preparation and the conversations you had with um, Alison, because they're such intimate scenes. To you. Did you have a lot of time to, to talk things through? Um, what's, I knew Alison from before, uh, from doing Kevin and Stacey, so I've known Alison quite a long time. But actually, once we got on set, I mean, we, we, did, we did have some discussions, didn't we? We all sat together. Mm -hmm. um, 
but we kind of went straight in, and actually, I didn't see what Alison was really going to do. It wasn't that scene where I've run in the, and she's wheeled past in the wheelchair. It was really early on in the shoot. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And I hadn't seen how she was going to be playing uh, it, and when I ran, ran, I didn't want to kind of do the rehearsal either, because, you know, neither of us kind of acted it. We just hit our marks and then did, and then when, it went, when we went for it, and I saw how she was looking at me with those eyes, and, oh, it was just, I mean, I mean we had the most amazing crew as well, who just mm. were literally kind of going around Alison's face and my face and getting all that emotion that... And better for you to find out like that. So too, much better, because, yeah. Because, you know, so otherwise you're, you're prepared for something, and, and, and that was yeah. why we did it. Yeah, really. exactly. That's, mm, yeah, yeah, that's David's, that was David's call, and it, and it worked so well for me, because I, I haven't had experience of dementia, that just seeing that was... It was, um, yeah, it kind of took my breath away. So we all kind of just acted, responded to each other, I guess, mm. really, more so. Ah, uh, yes. I could ask the, the writers, was it a conscious decision not to put a villain in there, or is there a sort of unseen villain lurking behind the stage in terms of austerity and cuts? What's going on? Uh, well, it could all be solved with funding. And I, th I think it's irresponsible of us to continue to ignore it because it's not going to go away. So no, we don't really want a villain in there because you can understand the si you can understand the situation where the hospital needs the bed or there's you know the care home can't cope. Um, so you, you uh, sorry to interrupt you, Lynn, but you sort of flipped it, haven't you? That the person who could be the villain is the nurse from the care home. But then she comes around and she she explains that, doesn't she? She explains yeah, what the problem is. Yeah. Yes. But she's not the villain, but in that sense, the system is. Yeah. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's the system. And there's a good line at the end, which you haven't seen, obviously, where <laughs> the nurse says to, to them, you know, uh, it would be great to give you all a break, but you know what that means. Uh, it's a nurse caring for a young, young person fighting for life because an old lady in the next room has shit herself. You know, leaving, leaving a young man, a, a young person fighting for life because an old lady in the next room has shit herself. You know, and that, I mean, that's, uh, it's not quite as broad and as basic as that, but that's a massive argument. What, what is, we talked about this for ages, what's care and what's treatment? Hospitals, are, hospitals provide treatment. They don't provide care. Care takes place in care homes. You shouldn't be in the hospital if they can't make you better. That's the brutal truth. And if you've got dementia, they're not going to make you better. It's, it's so brutal, the truth. Yes. I think just behind you, Andrew, if you, yeah. Hi. Uh, this is my life at the moment, so it's kind of learning curve. And I'm sitting up here shaking and crying. So I know Shez and I know Ali as well. And by the way, Ali sent her love, Shez. And she's filming tonight. <laughs> um, to get m my mum and my stepfather both went down with dementia really fast, like flu, this year. And um, two months ago, I had to, to get my mum into care, I had to have her arrested for attacking my stepfather with a knife. And it's the only way I could get her into care. And she actually had to spend one night in a police cell. Jesus. Now she's in care, in a care home in Brighton. I'm trying to get her up to Finchley. My stepfather is in a mental hospital in Hove, and we're trying to get him a place in a care home. There's just no funding, and there's no help for 
family because I don't know what to do. My dad's my dad died of cancer when I was 18, and I don't know what to do. It's you're totally lost. But this this is great, not great, but it's teaching me. And I told Alison that as soon as I saw her face on there, I'd be in floods of tears. <laughs> yeah. Thank you because it's you. it's teaching me. Seaward taught me what my dad went through. There's, there's hope, I think, because they're, they're talking about that scheme in Germany where at 40 years of age, you start to pay extra tax mm. to pay for care. And I think 40 is probably about right, isn't it? When you've got aged parents yourself, and mm. you know, you're, not, you're bringing up young kids at 30 years of age, you don't want to be paying any more tax, you know, but 40. It's good, sounds like a good scheme, that, doesn't it? Mm. You know, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much to Jimmy, Gillian, Sinead, David, and Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.